Well, greetings in Jesus' name, brothers and sisters. It has been five weeks now since I uh, gave you a challenge to take advantage of the opportunity that we have in front of us. At that point, we were just coming into this time of being quarantined, of staying at home, and everything was new and different. We're, we've gotten a lot more used to it, and it's a good opportunity for us to look back a little bit at this time that we're in and to say, what have I done with this time? Have I taken advantage of the opportunity? Have I made the best use of my time? If you will remember, I pointed us to the fact that it is an excellent opportunity for us to uh, go back to the basics. That's the theme for this year, to go back to the basics, to love God with all that we have and to love others as well. You'll remember, in fact, that I gave some challenges on that day. I challenged us to say, if we really want to grow in our love for God, it means we should read the Word. We should be reading the Bible. In fact, can we look at reading the Bible more than we're reading the news about all this stuff going on around us? I encourage us to pray. This is a time for us to press in and to pray more than we have ever prayed before, perhaps. Again, I said, let's talk to God about this more than we're talking to other people about it. Now again, take a look back. Has that been the reality of your life? Has this been a time where you've gone back to the basics? Or have we gotten carried away with the things that are happening around us? The discussions, the arguments, the, the, the theories, the, the ideas, the how we should respond this way or how we should respond this way or whatever it may be. And in fact, the third thing I challenge you in a way to grow in our love for God is to consciously reject fear and to say, I will trust in you, God. That's one of the, one of the greatest ways that you can show God that you love him is to say, all this stuff that's facing me, all this stuff I'm sure about, God, I'm going to trust you in this. I'm not going to give in to fear. And I also pointed to a few things as we love others, that we are to be a family, that we are to be together as a family, that we can grow as a family during this time, that we are to be a friend, that we can be kind and considerate. We can pick up the phone and call someone. Uh, we, can, we can chat with someone. We can, when we run into them, show that we are not afraid of them, but we're, we're, we're still willing to have human interaction with people. And I said, now is a better time than any other time to be a witness. And of course, that looks totally different in a time of quarantine, but to be a witness witness for Jesus Christ. So now today I'm saying, let's look back. Have we, have we accomplished what we thought we could? Have we taken advantage? Can I, how do I answer that question? Have I taken advantage of the opportunity that I've had before me? And to help us just reflect back on that, I want to take us to a little story that's tucked away in the Gospels. It's actually a fairly well-known story. It's from Luke chapter 10. But it really is only about four or five verses that, uh, that the story unfolds in. It's a little encounter that Jesus has with two women. Their names are Martha and Mary. In Luke chapter 10, verse 38, we read these words. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Now, I particularly want to just zoom in on the last couple of verses on Jesus' response 
to Martha's request. We know the scene, right? Martha's all busy. She's all she's running around. She's she's trying to do her best to take care of Jesus, and she's I think doing so in a very well-meaning way. But she's looking at her sister, who is who is kind of slacking off right then. She's she's just sitting over there listening to Jesus, and doesn't she know that's not her place? That's not what she should be doing. That's not the most important thing right now. That's that's what's happening in her mind. You know, just to kind of put us in the story right away from the get-go, so we can we can work ourselves into what what the gospel uh, here the part of the gospel wants to say to us. What 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 are we what might we be thinking to this time? I challenge us: read the Bible more, pray more. Be a family, be a friend. And might we in fact in their heads say, but there's more important things right now. Where am I gonna get my money from if I'm not working anymore? How am I gonna take care of my family? How am I gonna decide what to do? I can't stop doing this, I have to still do this. All those things. And Jesus looks at Martha and here's his response in verse 41. Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things but one thing is necessary. I wanna look at that word anxious for just a little bit. The word anxious is the Greek word merimnaho, and it, it means, of course, that, to be anxious, but it, it's based on it, it's derived from a verb, which is the word meridzo. Meridzo means to divide, or to apportion, or to split apart, uh, or to break into pieces, kind of, it's that kind of idea. So the word anxious, that's what that really means, is something that comes and splits, that divides us, it takes our attention away from something else. It says, well, I wanna, I wanna worry about this, or I'm, I'm thinking about this, but this is pressing in right now, and it's causing me to divert my attention to this. And Jesus said, Martha, you are being anxious, you're being divided, you're being split apart, by many different things. There's a lot of things tugging on you right now. And he says, but one thing is necessary. And he turns and he looks at the one to whom Martha thought was not doing what she should, not keeping in mind what was most important. And he says, Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. Now I zoomed in on that word merimnaho, the word for anxious, because it's based on the verb to divide or to apportion out, to, to split apart. And it, I did that because in his response, as he goes on and points at Mary, he says, Mary has chosen the good portion. And that word portion is the Greek word meris, which is of course a form of the noun that that word meridso is based on. So he's saying, all these things are dividing you. All these things are splitting you into different, all these things are pulling you into different directions. Mary has chosen the good piece as the one thing she has to do. She's chosen the good portion. Now Paul picked up, he uses the same theme, just a little quick aside, he, picked, he uses the same theme in 1 Corinthians when he's talking about how the fact that when we are single, we can be uh, more wholly devoted to, to God and his causes. When we are married, we suddenly are divided. We have other things that, that, that have to take our attention. He uses the exact same word, we're, we're divided. We have, different, we have different portions that we have to take, take care of and that, that distracts us, that, that removes us from being able to single-heartedly focus on God's purposes in our life. So he uses that same theme just to kind of put in, in in reference, a frame of reference here for you for what this means. Mary has chosen the good portion. And that portion, he says, look at what he says. He says, it won't be taken away from her. What he's implying is there will be other portions. There are other things that take slices of our time and slices of our attention. There are other things that will be taken away from us, that won't endure, that won't stand the test of time. 
Now we could stop right there and make a little application point right there, right? We could look at our lives and say, are the things I'm spending time on, the things I'm spending my energy in, the places I'm spending my money, will they endure the test of time or are they fleeting? Now you can choose the timeline you wanna apply. Perhaps it means will it endure the test of weeks or months, maybe even years. But how about we make that timeline even a lot bigger? Will it stand the test of say, 100 years or 500 years or 5,000 years? Will what I'm spending my time on right now be of any value 5,000 years from now? This is getting at this idea where Jesus, in my paraphrase, says, Martha, you're being divided by lots of things. There's a lot of things pulling you in different directions that you're paying attention to. And to some degree, all of us are. But Mary has chosen the good portion that won't be taken away. Not like some of those other things. That food you're preparing, Martha, right now, that, that cleaning you're doing right now, that, that, that really nice, hospitable, comfortable space you're making right now, all of that will pass away. What Mary is choosing won't pass away. Now, I wanna go back to his first uh, line to Martha again, because there's another thing I wanna, again, just kinda keep digging into a little bit deeper yet. He says, Martha, you're anxious, you're being divided, you're being stirred up, that's the other word, you're being troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Now that word, one thing, in the English language here, is really just the word one. He says, literally, but one is needful, is necessary, is required, one. That word one is a very interesting word. Of course, it means you know singular, one, but it also means oneness or wholeness, and in that, in that uh, way, Jesus is referring to a connection. In other words, he might be telling Martha, Martha, you're worried about all this stuff. I'm getting all this stuff over here right, but there's a connection, there's a oneness that I'm interested in that's necessary, and Mary is getting that, you're not. Now again, think about the things I've encouraged you to, to do to take advantage of the opportunity. But the word one, before we keep on going, the word one also doesn't just mean singular, and it doesn't just mean a oneness, but it's, it's a numeral, right? It's an ordinal, it's a, it's a place of position. And the number one, of course, is the first position. So it's also a statement of priority, of firstness. What comes first? What's most important? In other words, he could be telling Mary, Mary, there's all these things taking your attention, but there's one thing that should be first, actually, the most important thing, the highest priority, and Mary has chosen that one. That's the one that's necessary, the first thing. And again, I would point to you to say, this is a really great segue. This word one is a really great segue to our back to the basics theme. And maybe you get tired of me talking about this, but I am convinced more than any other time when things are crazy, when things are going all in different directions, we have no idea what the next week, much less the next month is gonna look like for us to say, I have to go back to the basics. I have to boil my life down to what is most important. And I tell you, we find those same things represented in, those, uh, in, in, in what Jesus said is the most important. Let me go back and read them for you. This is now from Mark chapter 12 in verse 29. As Jesus is answering what is most important, he says this, the most important is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is, guess what? It's the same word, of course. The Lord is one. Now think of those things we used, talk about uh, the word one. Singular, like he is the only God. There is no other God. 
but also a oneness, a unity, a, a wholeness that he is trying to paint for us that the Lord our God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they are one. There's a unity. There's a oneness. There's a connection that he's beginning to want to unveil because that's really what the next part is going to talk about. But also, again, think of ordinality. Think of he is first. He is supreme. He is of, he is of infinitely higher value than any other God you might ever conceive. All of those are wrapped into that statement that God said many, many years before to Moses and Jesus quotes here. Hear, O Israel. Hear, O church. Hear, O people that are seeing this message. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. He's the only one. He is, he is the wholeness. He is a unified God. He is the one who has, is about connection. And he is the most important, which is why he goes on to say, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. That command to love God with all that we have is born out of the fact that God is the highest. He's the most important. He's the only one. And he wants connection. He wants oneness. He wants to be joined together with those whom he has created in his image. That's you and I, brothers and sisters. That's the every human in the entire planet. He wants there to be a connection. He wants us to love him with all that we have. Every part, every piece, every facet, everything he's made for us, from us or in us. And he goes on, of course, and says, the second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. He is giving to us what is of first most importance. He's also extending that connection. First of all, there's wholeness, there's oneness, there's unity in the Godhead. And he has designed us to have unity with him. And he's designed us to have unity with each other. All of that is coming out of all these statements. This is why Jesus can be sitting in a room and Martha is getting all stirred up about all the things that she was supposed to be doing and wishes Mary would help. And, Mary, and Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you're being anxious. You're being torn in pieces. You're being divided and stirred up about all these things. Every one of us faces those things, those, those things that pull us in different directions. But you have to know that oneness, that there's some things that are worth the connection. There's some things that are most important. There's some things that should come first. There's some things that are the only things that really matter in the end. Mary has chosen that portion, the good portion, the right portion, and that will not be taken from her. Now, as you think about those that, that, that all that put together. We can couple this. For example, Paul would say in, in his letter to the Philippians, he would say, hey, don't be anxious about anything, but in all things, make your requests and your supplications uh, known to God with thanksgiving. Again, he's driving at that same thing. Don't be torn up by this. Don't be stirred. Don't be torn apart by it. Don't, don't be stirred up about this, but make your, guess what he talks about then? Prayer. Make your requests to God. Press into God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And a big piece of that is to talk with Him. Be one with Him. Be connected with Him. Make it a priority. And of course, you know the next verse after that, right? Because when that happens, then the peace that passes all understanding will flood your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. But all that aside, I want us to see that even this exact uh, 
wholeness of teaching that is just in these couple of verses with this interchange with Martha and Mary really comes out what Jesus actually taught. Just a, just a couple chapters later in the Gospel of Luke now, in chapter 12, Jesus is teaching. So just after he's given this, uh, we, we have this actual scene of him saying this thing with Martha and with Mary. Just after that, he is teaching the people. And you know, you know these words, but let me just read them. This is now Luke chapter 12. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to read starting in verse 22. He starts to tell his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. There's that word. Don't be merim uh, Don't be torn apart. Don't be divided about things about your life, about what you will eat or about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food and the body more than clothing. And he goes on to say, look at the flowers of the field. Look at the birds of the air. And those things teach us that God, who cares far more for you and I than for the birds and the flowers, takes great care of them. Why are we worried? Why are we anxious? Why are we torn apart? Why are we not trusting? Why are we not recognizing the most important thing is this connection we have with God? And he's gonna go on and say that. For he says, instead, he closes this, this is now down to verse 31. Instead, seek his kingdom and these things will be added to you. Now you may recognize that verse. When we read it in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says, in fact, uses that, that, that ordinal word that we've been talking about. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Jesus is saying in our lives, now he's, he's, he's looking, he's peering through all the, the, the halls of time, backwards, forwards, any direction you want to go. And he's saying in your lives, all the things that come in and press around, all the things that, 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 that bring a, a tendency to trouble and to make, make you anxious, in all those things, don't be anxious, don't be stirred up. There's going to be all these things that pull you in different directions, but... Look at how God cares for the, just the simple things in life, in his creation. And he loves you far more than that. Instead, first, seek God's kingdom and these things will be added to you. First, there's one thing necessary. It's the highest priority. Do what God asks and he'll take care of the rest. But he goes on, he drives us home. The, whole, the, the fullness of, the, of what I'm saying here, he drives it home in the next couple of verses. Verse 32, he says then, Fear not, little flock, fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in, he in the heavens that do not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. He picks up on those exact same themes as we talk about one thing that's necessary. Don't be divided, don't be pulled apart. There's one thing necessary. It is a connection with your father. It is a priority in the, in the kingdom of God. And it is, the, it is the thing that pulls us out and says, let's make sure what we're doing is beyond, going beyond this life will not be taken away, will not, will not be destroyed, will not uh, uh, be fading over time or be stolen by thieves or be eaten by moths or, or be destroyed by rust. Where your treasure is, will your heart be? And he says, you can put treasure in heaven. That's where it belongs. So my friends, my brothers and sisters, as we look at this little story in Luke chapter 10 with Mary and Martha and the interchange with Jesus, it's as if Jesus could walk into our situation today and say, listen, all these things, many of these things that have been pulling you apart in your daily life have been stripped away from you right now. You have been given this incredible opportunity. We have been given this incredible opportunity 
to really assess what's most important in our life because much of what's been part of our normal daily lives has been stripped away. The question is, have we taken advantage of that or have we allowed other things and other concerns and other worries to continue to pull us in different directions and divide us? Or have we recognized that there's one thing that's necessary? That there's a good portion and it can be chosen and it will not be taken away from us. It is the things that put treasure in heaven, not here on earth. And friends, I want to be very clear as we wrap this up. I am saying this, yes, looking back in the past five weeks. I'm also saying this, yes, in the current present tense. Are you choosing the good portion? Can you look at what you're doing with your life and your time and your money and your passions and say, I am choosing the good portion? But I mostly want to say this today to get us to think about the fact that this has great importance in the coming days and weeks and months. If, in fact, there is a time coming when these restrictions will be lifted, when we have the opportunity to go back to life just like it was, we must ask ourselves the question, is that the right thing to do? To put everything back in my life exactly like I had it. To, to start all the same routines and do all the same things and, and be engaged in all the same things and spend my money in all the same ways. and do all. Is that the right thing? Is that the good portion? Or am I being like Martha, anxious and worried and troubled about many things, pulled in many directions, all of which will be taken away from us? Not recognizing that there's one thing that's necessary. There's a oneness with God that's necessary, a connection with our, our brothers and sisters that's necessary, a love, a connection for those around us that may not yet be brothers and sisters that's necessary. And there is a priority that must come that the things that are part of God's kingdom, being right with him, must be put first. There is no other place for them in our lives but first. Will, in 5,000 years from now, Jesus enable us or help us to look back at today and say, you have chosen the good portion. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your presence, your goodness, your faithfulness to us. Even in the midst of trial, even in the midst of unfamiliarity, you have demonstrated incredible favor and faithfulness to us. And we thank you. We thank you, I thank you, in fact, for the opportunity that has been given to us to really assess our lives, who we really are, what really forms our identity, where we really get our strength from, where we really get our peace and our, our daily sustenance from. Is it from you or is it from the things we do every day, day in, day out, and the roles we play? Because if those have been taken away and we find ourselves feeling lost, God, then you are revealing to us that we are not finding our true longing, our true identity, our true uh, sustenance and strength from the source with which we should, and that is you and you alone. Father, forgive us. Thank you for giving us this opportunity to see that. Help us to change that. We want to take a lesson from this little interchange with Mary and Martha. We want to invite Jesus into our house, so to speak, into our life. And we want to allow the Holy Spirit to show us, are we Martha or are we Mary? Are we anxious and troubled and divided by many things? No, not realizing there's, only, there's one thing that's necessary, there's a oneness necessary, there's a priority necessary, there's a wholeness, there's a unity with you necessary, there's a back to the basics necessary, or 
do we in fact, are we able to hear Jesus saying to us, you've chosen the good portion. You are putting first what ought to be first in your life. Thank you that when we put you first, God, that we can trust in you to take care of all the other details. And we know that doesn't mean we live a life of luxury or a life of everything we have or no more bumps in the road or no more pain for we are still in a world full of sin. We're still in a body of flesh that the, which there's a daily battle against the Spirit. But we are grateful that we can trust the one who has said, throw everything on me, hang on to this anchor, stand firm in the hope that you have in Jesus Christ, and he who promised is faithful. Thank you, God. You are that faithful one that we can rely on and trust in. Help us to live lives that display our confidence and faith and trust in you and in Jesus Christ and in the Holy Spirit's power to direct us in this life. We are so dependent on you. We desperately need you every moment of our lives and we thank you that you have made yourself available to us all the time through the Holy Spirit and the indwelling power and the grace that is given to us through him. We surrender to you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.